A reading from the second book of Samuel. When King David was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from his enemies on every side, he said to Nathan the prophet, here I am living in a house of cedar while the ark of God dwells in a tent. Nathan answered the king, go, do whatever you have in mind for the Lord is with you. But that night the Lord spoke to Nathan and said, Go tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, should you build me a house to dwell in? It was I who took you from the pasture and I from the care of the flock to be a commander of my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you went and I have destroyed all your enemies before you and I will make you famous like the great ones of the earth I will fix a place for my people of Israel. I will plant them so that they may dwell in their place without further disturbance. Neither shall the wicked continue to afflict, afflict them as they did the old since the time I first appointed judges over my people Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also reveals to you that he will establish a house for you. And when your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your heir after you, sprung from your loins, and I will make his kingdom firm. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall stand firm forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. The promises of the Lord I will sing forever. Through all generations my mouth shall proclaim your faithfulness. For you have said, my kindness is established forever. In heaven you have confirmed your faithfulness. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. Forever will I confirm your posterity and establish your throne for all generations. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. He shall say to me, You are my Father, my Rock, my God, and my Savior. Forever I will maintain my kindness toward him, and my covenant with him stands firm. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Brothers and sisters, to him who can strengthen you according to my gospel and proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret for long ages, but now manifested through the prophetic writings and according to the command of the eternal God, made known to all 
nations to bring about the obedience of faith to the only wise God through Christ Jesus. Be glory forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, 
and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. On this, the fourth Sunday of Advent, we may ask the question, why are we being presented with this particular section of Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 26 through 38, literally on the eve of Christmas this time around? And the obvious answer is because of what we are going to bear witness to yet again, the birth of the Savior, his visible presentation to the world, it in itself must be preceded by a conception. Hence, this scene in which the Archangel Gabriel comes to the Virgin Mary with this great announcement, and by her hum in her humility and her yes to God, the Word is conceived through the power of the Holy Spirit in her womb. But I'd like to also suggest that the church wants us also to hone in on the reality of the promises made to David, who, if you think about it, is the keystone to this entire work of God, this whole plan of salvation, not only for the select chosen of Israel, but for the entire world. The covenant that was established with Abraham, the covenant that was established with Noah, with Moses, and now David, all of these covenants and what God intended to do to bring about this universal plan of salvation from all appearances seem to be all but lost. Because after David would have was anointed king, and remember the, the words spoken by God to the prophet Samuel as to why he selected David out of all of the sons of Jesse, he was described as a man after God's own heart. Do you ever wonder why was that distinctive word spoken to describe David as the one selected by God? To be after the heart of God, it didn't mean that David was without sin. We sure know that David had his fair share of foibles and mistakes during his time. But what set him apart as a man after the heart of God is that David desired for more than anything else as he would rule over the people of God. He wanted God to be at the center of the kingdom. Hence, we hear the dialogue between, uh, between David and the prophet Nathan. Here, the Lord has given David a respite from all of the wars he had been contending with, the Philistines on this side, that side, this way, and that way. He's now at a time of peace. All of the tribes are under his rule. Everything is consolidated. And he begins to feel self-conscious. He says, here I am. I'm in this palace, and I'm in comfort. And here, the Lord, the ark of our Lord, his covenant, is under a, a shabby tent. I desire to build for him an edifice. He wants to build a temple in which God's spirit can dwell. And so Nathan says, yes, that's a good idea. So, but God comes to Nathan and says, no, you go and tell David. I appreciate his sentiment, 
but it's not he who is going to build me a house. I shall build him a house. In fact, the Hebrew term for house in, in the, the Hebrew term is synonymous with a dynasty, a dynasty. I will be the one. And now let's think about this now. So once David had established everything as he did, it wasn't even a hundred years. And then everything seemed to have fallen apart. There was the invasion, the Assyrians, there was the separation, division in the, of the tribes, 10 in the north, two in the south. The invasion of the Assyrians dispersed the 10 even more. Then the Babylonian captivity. And from that time forward, it seemed as though the house of David was all but done away with. But this was not the case. Albeit the tree representing the, the heritage, the posterity of David's reign and, and, and his, uh, his inheritance, albeit cut down to a stump, you know, many have the tradition during the Advent season of uh, the practice of the, the Jesse tree. And each week, every subsequent day going through Advent, you see the symbols that highlight how God's promises had been established and as they were developing. And so from all appearances, it would appear as though this was an impossibility, that God could no way realize the promise he made to David. And yet this second book of Samuel chapter 7 in itself contains the essential words that we are seeing echoed and confirmed by the archangel Gabriel today in this scene of the Annunciation. He says, I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord also reveals to you that he will establish a house for you. And when your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your heir after you, sprung from your loins, and I will make his kingdom firm. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. Your house and your kingdom shall endure forever. Before me, your throne shall stand firm forever. So we hear that word spoken through the prophet Nathan to David. And then we hear today in this gospel, look at how it opens. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. That's a key detail to bear in mind. Although Joseph was of meager means, he wasn't uh, affluent, he was a carpenter, and they were here and Mary, we know, were poor because when they, they could barely even buy the lamb for the sacrifice, they, the turtle doves and so forth. This was the, the type of provisions that the poor would present and it was acceptable in the temple. So the very fact that Joseph was of the house of David, he actually had rights to the throne more than Herod the Great, who was on the throne, who was from the Edom, he was from the tribe of Edom. He was an Edomian, and so he wasn't even of the house of David. You think about, because remember, in the Israel, during that time, there was the monarchy, and this, it would be like if one of us were descendants of Queen Elizabeth and so forth, we were of the royal family, even though I might be a, a street sweeper, I would still be recognized as royalty in the culture and the environment of the kingdom uh, of the, um, the English uh, monarchy. So the same thing for David. So we realize this is set in motion. It's being confirmed by the archangel as he speaks these words. As he says to Mary, you who have been found full of grace, 
full of grace. And we see her being overwhelmed. She's troubled by this. What shall this happen? How can this happen? And do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. In other words, the Spirit, the same spiritual presence of God, that Shekinah, the cloud of the glory, the glory cloud that would come down in hover over the tent of meeting with Moses where the tabernacle was set, where the uh, Ark of the Covenant was set. There, the Holy Spirit now overshadowing Mary as the living temple. We now see a fulfillment of the Word of God coming to pass in the fullness of time. It's as if like the song, the hopes and fears of all the years are now converging in this moment. This marks the fullness of time in which God will fulfill the promise. In fact, Joseph and Mary represent the restoration and the fulfillment of the promises made to David long ago. And this was years in the making hundreds of years in the making for since the Babylonian captivity 587 to the Christ over almost 600 years as Jesus would make his appearance as the Messiah coming in public in his public ministry in 30 AD this was some time and when it seemed as though all was lost God moves in a most magnanimous way what are we to make of this we who are the recipients, we who are the offspring of the promise fulfilled. We are in these days of fulfillment. Certainly, we are to hone in on the disposition of the Blessed Virgin Mary, her humility, her simplicity, but most importantly, her obedience to the Word. But what we also ought to hold in mind and heart is what the Catechism of the Catholic Church tells us, paragraph 484. The Annunciation to Mary inaugurates the fullness of time, the time of the fulfillment of God's promises and preparations. Mary was invited to conceive him in whom the whole fullness of deity would dwell bodily. The time of the fulfillment of God's promises and preparations, the Annunciation to Mary inaugurates the fullness of time. God's word is trustworthy. He is not a liar. He fulfills his promises. Perhaps some of us here, we wonder, does God even have regard for me? Is he not aware of my plight, my hopes, and my dreams? What am I to do? Who am I? And I can assure you, you are very meaningful to him. He created this world. He set in motion this plan of salvation. I think it was St. Bernard of Clairvaux says, as if you and I were the only persons on this earth in need of salvation. And look at the characteristics that highlight this heir of David that would be the fulfillment of all of the covenants throughout the time from the beginning. He will be great. He will not just be a son of the Most High, the Son of God, metaphorically, as the title was, was bestowed upon those who would succeed David on the throne but he would literally be the Son of God, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And as regards his throne, which is synonymous with his authority, he would have it reestablished, and this authority, this kingdom, will have no end. It will persist until the end of times, into eternity for that matter. 
And so let us today renew our hearts in the mysterious, wondrous ways of God, which will always set in, in such a manner to bring about a universal salvation. The Jewish people would be the vehicle, would be the agency of this. And now it comes to pass. In our hearing, in our day and time, we are invited to receive this word with the same disposition of the Blessed Virgin Mary, with simplicity, with trust, obedience. I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. God love you.